Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. What's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Sheree Nicole. Welcome to season four. We're here already, season four of Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. I cannot be more excited. I want to thank all of you for your continued support, and I'm so grateful that I can continue to bring you some amazing conversations with some absolutely amazing people today. It's probably indicative of one of the most difficult interviews I've had to do because it's always hard to interview people that you know well. I talk to this person daily. We are workout partners. We've known each other for many, many, many years. And so I always find it challenging to interview people that I'm close to. But um, she is a host on a new talk show. It's called Crown. She has a new single out, Monsters in the Closet. She's a Grammy-nominated artist an incredible talk show host, an author, a speaker, a super mom, an amazing wife and an amazing friend. And I'm sure I'm missing something else. Oh, she's also a health and wellness advocate. I'm talking about none other than Selena Johnson. And we sat down and had what I like to call a three-way conversation, meaning I wanted you guys to feel like you were sitting on the phone with me and her talking. And so if you think you know Selena Johnson, trust me, you probably do not, but I promise you this interview will give you a much better indication of the amazing woman she is. And so we sat down in her studio at her home because I'm on location now. I'm going to where they are, in other words. And so as often as I possibly can, I go and sit with my guests in their homes, in their offices, in their studios, what have you. And it has been an amazing experience. And so I want to kick things off with a conversation I know you will enjoy. There's gems that will be dropped and there's jokes that will be absolutely hilarious. So without further ado, my one-on-one with Selena Johnson. Selena Johnson! (laughs) So fun fact, the name of the show was birthed. Correct. Via a conversation that is correct that we had mm-hmm. during the Great Depression, i.e., Pan- when you lose your job panoramic. during the panoramic, the panoramic, correct. <laughs> and so now, episode eighty-nine, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow, an yes. idea, a nudge, a push, and here we are, season four. I'm almost uh, to a uh, correction. I would like my credit <sighs> for actually saying that you should call it <laughs> just a thought. I thought I was giving credit, no, but no, no, we no. can. She said a conversation. Okay. Okay. Let me re- rewind. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Selena. Nakia. Can I have it? Thompson Johnson Garris. Yes. For naming. Correct. This show. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. That's true. That is correct. And might I add, you've done an amazing <laughs> job with it. <laughs> Look at what you've done to the place. It's just really something. So speaking of what you've done to the place, this is Legacy Studios. We are in your new studio space. Yes. So how did this whole thing come about before we get into the depths of everything else we're going to talk about? 
Um, I never wanted a studio. Mm. I think you knew that. Yes. You might have known that. I always used to be like, I don't want a studio in my house. This room was supposed to be a theater. The truth of the matter is my father was um, very sick. He was dying. Um, and he always wanted us as a family to have a studio because my nephew sings too. So mm-hmm. he's the extension of um from me to it's my it's my grandfather and my great grandfather and all of them. Yeah. I mean, there's a very long legacy of music in my family from my father's side. My dad wanted the studio in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, he bought my sister a home. He wanted a, a house in the family, <laughs> and he didn't he didn't get her the type of home that had a place where she could do the studio. Mm-hmm. And I knew that, but he wanted to <laughs> knock out the wall, and he thinks she wasn't she, feeling that. She wasn't. Uh, <laughs> he had wanted her to have a garden as well. Uh, he, had, he wanted her to be out there like uh, uh, Michelle Obama, uh, but that isn't that wasn't in the cards. But I knew that he wanted the studio. Yeah, and I just when he was dying, I just felt like it needs to happen. So true story. I just wanted to, I, and I was having a conversation with Toxic, my producer, and my manager, Salisha's sister manager who's in here right now if you hear any if you hear any laughter any laughter is gonna be her her. but um she was like when you when you had when you build things in your home she said can you make money off of she was like people that make that are rich they don't make money like billionaires millionaires they don't they they use their money to make more money yeah yeah so she was like um if you build a studio how does that help you make money you know Hmm. that's number one so i was like but a studio can Cause hello, my recording. Artist. And then I just started thinking like, man, no more late nights, you yeah. know, going to studios where people are smoking. Yeah. You know, I could just be go right downstairs. My kids can know where I am. They can come down here and experience mommy's job and work, yeah. you know? So all that stuff came into play, but then just really wanting to have that for my dad, you know? And for me, this is not just my studio. This is called legacy studio. This is, me and my dad's studio. His spirit is in this room. Um, I do not rent this out. This is specifically for my close friends in the music business. Only people that I love that are close to me, um, I will allow to come in here. I don't charge them. Um, they're family. After this thing was all built, I was going through my voicemail messages and um, my dad was on my messages. You know, he would call me so much like during his last days, he would not last days, but he was in, he he was better. He had come here and gotten better. And then he went Mm -hmm. back to Chicago. So he was calling me from there. Okay. And sometimes I would just push him to voicemail and just keep the message and be like, I'll check it later. Mm -hmm. And then didn't check it. So obviously after he passed, I I went back to listen to all his messages and he was in my voicemail. Uh, Lena, call me back. Uh, I got some ideas. I need, I want to help you out with your compound. Now, I told him about, Dad, I want to do a studio. I yeah. want to build a studio. He wasn't listening because he was thinking, oh, so I'm going to do this last house. Mm. But he was. He was listening. Compound, for those of you who don't <laughs> speak Seal Johnson, is stupid. Um, but that just, I was just like, wow. And I didn't know that, that he wanted to help me with the hmm. compound. Um, but I didn't need his help. You know, I create, I, I built this thing by myself. I didn't need his financial help or anybody's financial help. You know, I, I did this thing from the ground up. 
um, all by myself. I had a dream of what I wanted it to look like. I researched pictures and I wanted to keep my father's spirit in here over there. Mm -hmm. His guitar, his obituary. I have his ashes over here. I have his ashes over there. Um, he's in this room right now. You know, I keep all of his plaques behind me. Um, those are his plaques. He's one of the most sampled artists um, of our time, you know, so those are just some of his plaques. That's the story of my studio. And now I record out of here. I'm recording my legacy album. Um, I, I actually did Monsters in the Closet, though, the single in Chicago. It was the very first song I recorded mm. after my father died. And we're going to talk about that. Everybody chill. Yes. We're going to dive deeply into that. Down to the, to the closet. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so yeah, but we're doing the album. The album will be done in here with Toxic Productions. I also noticed that, you know, we have a lot of cream and white. Cream. I'm literally sitting on a duvet because um, Selena told me jeans can get into the... <laughs> into I don't, the fabrics here. So if you're wondering why I'm sitting on a comforter. Just so we're all clear. That's why. I, I don't play about my studio. Um, I don't. And if you have a trouble with abiding by some of the, the laws that have been established, um, there, are, there, there are a lot of rooms that you could cohabitate, cohabitate in. Mm, you're yeah. just a modern day interior designing whiz. I don't think no people, one, wants no to one really talks about, but, but again, don't. No one really knows these true. things about you. You're an incredible <laughs> interior designer. I, I really am. <laughs> where, where did the love for interior design come from? Um, here's the thing. When you are a creative, mm -hmm. you tend to do bleed that creativity into everything. Mm -hmm. Because I'm also a girly girl, um, it just all goes in alignment. But I'm a creative. Mm -hmm. So everything is about something not there and then it becoming. You know what I'm saying? Everything is about blank canvas to a bunch of stuff. You know, mm. a creation of something. Yes. Being able to create. It just feeds into, into this burning desire of who I am at the core mm -hmm. uh, is a creative. And because I have dreams of things and visions, I'm a visionary um, just by God's design, I visualize how I want something to look and then I go and create it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Our minds as creatives are very interesting. I, I like it. I think it's I fun. I can't imagine my life without it's not boring. creativity. It's very fun. It's colorful. So you talked mm -hmm. about a blank canvas too earlier and how you take these blank canvases and then make something out of nothing Correct. or lemonade out of lemons. And I want to go back to the pandemic because, you know, you talk about Sister Circle. Mm -hmm. canceled. Correct. There's nothing. None of us had any that is correct. where to go. That is correct. Um, but it, it really appears and not even appears. The reality is God has positioned you since then in some very, very unique and also familiar spaces. Talk, sh talk show hosts, duties continued, music continued, so documentaries, <laughs> so docu-series, specials, television like, like specials, like more things happen. So like hindsight 2020, if you look back at the tra trajectory of your career and your life, pandemic on, what, what say you to all that's transpired? Oh, girl, let me tell you something. Okay. Okay, now see. 
first of all, it's hard for me to answer that question without being lengthy. So I want to try to break it down into categories. Okay. Right. So the mental aspect. In the process of the panoramic, <laughs> i.e. pandemic, um, we were all in the house together. Right. So I think that shielded us from what was really damaging yes. us. And we, myself included. Correct. I was down to the house as well. Yeah. Like this is like family. So if y'all haven't picked up on that, that's, that's what we're talking about. So we well, were all crammed in the house. Well, when they shut down the world, I didn't think it was right for her to be in an apartment <laughs> by herself. I just thought that was weird. So boring. Um, and, and, and it was bad. I didn't, I didn't like it because she was alone and isolation already is alone. Yeah. So at least, you know, even my sister, she flew down here, ended up never going back. Like, you know, isolation in itself is already, you know, um, taxing yeah. in terms of mental and emotional wellness. Yeah. But, um, I knew that, you know, the world shutting down was an isolated, was an isolation situation. Yeah. Okay. Where even if you're in, in the house with your family, you can still feel isolated. Mm -hmm. Kids were staying home from school. Yeah. You know, there was isolation in that shutdown. So I thought it would be better if we're all together. Together, we can at least feed off of each other and we can get through things together. You need social connection to combat depression. Yeah. Come on, uh, rhyming. You're rhyming a lot. A bar. Right <laughs> so mental, from the mental aspect, um, because we were all together, it kind of shielded us from how damaging it was. Yeah. Once the pandemic kind of lifted, um, and everybody went back to normal, which I don't know what the hell that is, whatever you want to call I normal. I don't think we'll ever go back. Uh, no, we're not. To normal. Um, then you started to see the remnants, yeah. the residual of mm -hmm. what that isolation truly did, yes. you know? Now, that's the mental aspect. Um, in regards to family, um, as an entertainer who's constantly on the road, go, go, gadget, you know, always go, 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 go. It actually became a breath of fresh air for me because I, I was able to have an excuse to not go anywhere, an excuse to not move to someone's urgency, mm. an excuse to not have to go do something to pay the bills or have that stress. Everything stopped. Our bills stopped. The tech, IRS stopped. <laughs> the student loans the stopped. Student loans stopped. <laughs> you know, so a lot of stuff stopped because it had to. Right. God forced everybody to stop, and in doing that, I was able to start. I was hmm. able to start. You know what I'm saying? And when I say start, start. You know, seeing my husband. Start seeing my kids and, and I'm not talking about like, Oh, did he out around the house? I'm talking about <laughs> really sitting with them yeah. and enjoying what, what family really is. You know, what God has given me, God has given me a family. I was able to have that connection. I was able to stop and focus on me. I was able to stop and start to meditate more, talk to God more. St everything stopped. You have to kind of like ask yourself, what would you do? If the world just stopped <laughs> and that's what it did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. before the panoramic, 
That was a hypothetical Absolutely. question. It was you see actually what I'm saying? a joke. It was like if you were to say that, yeah. to somebody, girl, bye. What you mean? I the world gonna stop. World gonna stop. <laughs> well, if it turns out it did. <laughs> so, um, in terms of family, it it molded us closer together. The remnants afterwards. Um, the the hardest part was my career, navigating not not being able to get on stage and connect with people through music. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm a recording artist. So that was stolen from me. That was stolen from me in, in, uh, um, you know, in the form of stages. And then it was stolen from me in the form of, um, just regular communication, like on sister circle. Yeah. Um, and then the parts of our world that in our culture, that the parts of our world that deteriorates our culture um, racial oppression mm. that we had to cons- consistently face watching the television and the death tolls go up. Um, that actually was extremely traumatic. Yeah. Um, my kids homeschooling now it was great for Kingston. It was tough for KJ. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Kingston is on the spectrum. He has no problem not being around a soul <laughs> and, uh, having a chinchin all day long and, and after helping him one-on-one. Is all the boy had straight A's in the <laughs> pandemic, um, but KJ's KJ had good grades. He had straight A's, but he was he was miserable because yeah. he couldn't be with his friends. You know, he couldn't play basketball, um, so that was tough for him. You know, luckily we had a gym in the house, mm-hmm. so we were able to you know keep in shape as best we could. We had a swimming pool; they were able to swim and do stuff like that. Um, however, uh, it was extremely difficult not being able to do the thing that I love the most. Um, and communicate and connect with people. But um, I was able, you know, by the grace of God, to still be creative within yeah. the confinement of my own home. And, and and again, it makes you look at what what do you have? So when the world stops, okay, well, they took that. Well, God says, well, what do you have? Yeah. What do you have? So it made me stop and all of us stop and look at, Okay, let, let, let's see what we got around here. You know, it was like, okay, well, we got some canteens right down here and we're going to put them together. And then we're going to, it was that energy with creativity. Yes. So we created, um, we just went to fit. And, you know, again, it allowed us to just do whatever the hell we wanted to do with All day. no one telling us what to do. It's legit, kind of. It's kind of cool. Come up, you know, it's trash because we had to watch Ahmaud Aubrey gunned down yeah. and George Floyd murdered and Breonna Taylor not get justice, mm-hmm. but, um, and the, and the death tolls and people died just awful marching. It was just insane. Um, I, it, I couldn't believe it. The president was a fool. It was just nuts. Mm-hmm. But, um, cocktails with the Queens came right away. Right after sister circle was canceled. Cocktails with the Queens yeah. came right away and sister circle was canceled in such a way that was so disgusting. Um, the way that they cut uh, our black show and didn't even give us severance. They didn't even give the whole severance pay. Actually, they prorated and cut it in the middle of the month, in the middle of a pandemic. A million billion dollar company, Tegna, um, did that to Sister Circle, which was unfortunate because if they were, <laughs> if they had a little more patience, they could have seen that Sister Circle was ext- was needed in yes. that moment. We would have been out there. We would have been 
protesting. We would have been out there. We would have interviewing. We would have had such good content yeah. and it would have been so connected to, you know, the culture and, and, and everything that was going on in other cultures, you know, it would have, it would have expanded sister circle in such a way, you know, but that's neither here nor there. What they did was awful. Um, I will never forgive them for that probably. Um, but God said the voice of black women still needs to continue. Mm -hmm. And then he said, and you need to be a part of it, which I never really knew that that was the case for me. Um, but after I got on Cocktails with the Queens with Claudia Jordan, Lisa Ray, McCoy and Vivica Fox, I was able to merge these amazing relationships with them. Thanks to James DeBose. James DeBose just came out of nowhere and just said, here, I'm going to just keep the party going. <laughs> he picked up um, uh, Making of a Woman docuseries that we all did. He picked up um, he picked up the concert you know, the making of the woman concert. He, he allowed us to produce the Christmas show. He allowed us to produce the mother's day special. Um, he just really came in and allowed room for that creativity, uh -huh. um, which I, I will never, I, I will thank him forever for that because it's one thing to have kept us, kept me and my family going financially, but it's another to have been able to feed into my God given gift yeah. of creativity, which is, really the thing that could have killed me not having it. You know what I'm saying? You know, you always, hell, I've been poor before, so that don't scare me. You, I figured out, you know, I've been, I've been, I didn't have cars taken in houses and all types of shit, you know, so that don't scare me. But if you take away my gift, mm. I can't make room for myself. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I can create some shit to get bags. You know, I'm a hustler. But, um, if I don't have the gifts, I can't make room for myself and yeah. my family. Um, so the pandemic, be, being on Cocktails with the Queens for three years after that, yes. straight. And then now, here we, they, then they canceled that. Child of colonizers canceled it again. <laughs> colonizers strike back, baby. The colonizers canceled again. And so James said, look, I'm sick of it. He said, I'm going to get a black network. So he went and got a black network, which to me is the most courageous and amazing thing that a black man in this business could do. And he, he you know, he he did his homework. He paid his dues and he created a black network yeah. um, for us, by us. And then he took me with him again. Come on, James. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> get it together. Uh, so James is like the man, you know, um, but he. Him or God thinks I have a voice. Now I'm with Vivica Steele, Vivica Fox, Kendra G and Chanel Nicole Scott. So, um, you know, I'm convinced that somebody wants to hear me run mm. my mouth. Were, okay. Let's, let's take a, you said you're convinced. I'm convinced. You weren't convinced before. And if not, why? Um, it's not that I wasn't convinced. I know that I have something to say. Okay. I've always had something to say because I'm a songwriter. Mm -hmm. But I just figured, you know, my my way of saying it was going to be through song. Okay. I, you know, I'm a visionary, but I didn't visualize this. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see this one. I got ESPN, but I didn't <laughs> see this one. Um, so... Sister Circle, I felt, okay, this is going to be an extension of my work. Right, right. Um, but then when Cocktails of the Queens came, I said, okay, now wait a minute. Well, I guess that voice is still needed. I was doing Music Mondays anyway. Mm -hmm. um, still talking. I, I wanted to talk to artists because I knew 
I wanted to give us a platform because I knew we didn't have it. Yeah. So that was my main focus. Excuse me, music artists. We didn't have a platform. We couldn't sing. We couldn't do nothing. I wanted to play our music and I wanted to keep people reminded of who and what we fucking do. Like our music. Don't forget it. Music's the soundtrack of our lives. And I wanted people to stay um, connected with that. And actually, that was Leisha's idea. You know, Music Mondays. We should do mm-hmm. some of the music. Because Leisha would have us in the house like <laughs> Ike Turner. Let me tell so y'all something. We did so many projects, child, that just and for no it reason. It was like an Ike Turner, Joe Jackson. It was great. Kind of Let's do a sense. cooking show. Lena, get in the cat. And then, you're gonna and then I need y'all to turn it in 48 hours. <laughs> We're going to pitch it. I'm going to pitch it. And I'm looking at her right now. Yeah. It was literally. You got some new shoes? For two months. We're going to do a shoe show. It was it was crazy. It was <laughs> y'all working out today. Let's do a kettlebell show. It was Let's just do anything. a yoga series. Yeah, we definitely did a yoga series <laughs> that wore me and Sheree. Guys, let me tell y'all something. Let me tell bones, y'all something. Honey, it wore now thin. we've had our moments. It was thin. Don't know how deep we'll get into that. We might not get into it at all. But I would tell you that particular day, Sheree. I think we I both had had, had enough. Time. You had enough of me, yeah. and I had enough of you yeah. that day. But and we had Alicia enough of, at of, the, of at her. The couch. We had enough of she her. She just sat there. And actually, she usually does. She doesn't really intervene. I was sick of her. Because it was very much, she never, do this and yeah. do that. And then it she sits there like this. And we literally are. And you were doing that from the room. Yeah. And we were like, if we weren't, you we were, were like bickering and getting on each other's nerves. And we weren't. That was one of the most annoying. That's so good. That's crazy. That's crazy. This is the truth. That day, I was, I was over. You couldn't stand me, baby. And I when I tell you, them poses got on terrible. my nerve. But when you look at it, it looks like I was the most zen, <laughs> calm yoga instructor in the United States of America. Bad. Cherie was all down to the balcony shooting top shots. I could have killed myself, and we hated every minute of it. <laughs> but it came out so beautifully. It was just gorgeous. Cleo was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> Honey, I was on there like, and breathe. <laughs> and I wasn't. It was a fool. It was cap. It was cap we yoga. We the whole time. Yeah, but see, God knew. Yeah. Okay. He knew that that's who you are. You have a healing spirit. Whether you like it or not, somebody else needed it. it ain't for you. <laughs> so. I always tell you this. I I know, not even think. I know you are brilliant. I love being able to have conversations and be around really colorful. smart people. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like for whatever reason, people don't necessarily get to experience your brilliance in a way that I may be able to experience Thanks, the people that are, <laughs> that are closer to you. So like with that in mind, you know, you have, you know, the new, sh- the new show crown coming up on in the black mm-hmm. network and even like with sister circle and cocktails with Queens, what say you to the talk show host that you've, evolved into and how you want to then continue moving forward and, and, and evolve with this new show crowned. One of the most impactful um, things that happened to me in the pandemic as well was consistent therapy. Consistent mm. therapy sessions started in that pandemic with Love McPherson, mm. right? Um, through the computer, obviously. But she's in Chicago anyway, so they had to be virtual anyway. Mm-hmm. But The journey of self um, and the revelation behind it, I believe, attributes to. I believe it attributes to the manifestation of 
what you call my brilliance. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I believe I'm a smart person. I mean, obviously I'm book smart. I graduated soon. Cool. I all that little stuff. Um, but I believe what was able to, what, 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 what those therapy sessions allowed me to be able to do was really think deeply about self awareness mm-hmm. and really really realize the relativity that I have with other women, because I've always known that God has created me to be able to heal women that that's straight across the board, Mm -hmm. whether it's black women, white women, I don't know, but women in general, Mm -hmm. um, I have a very innate, I have a very innate, um, connection with other women Mm -hmm. in terms of, um, our emotions, how we feel, what bothers us, what doesn't, you know, like I can tell, oh, she is. You know why? Because I'm so transparent. Yeah. And so I'd be like, oh, girl, I did that already. That's, yeah, that's why. Which is probably why I've he's put me through so much in my mm-hmm. life, so that I can so I can be able to go. Oh, yeah, I know what that is. That's yeah, that's when you do this and that. But because I'm such a deep thinker, you know, being in therapy and being faced with your traumas, with your inadequacies, with your mistakes, or with the things that happened to you that you've suppressed. Yeah. Um, it just really excavated a lot of stuff that yeah. I had been pretending wasn't there. And I think re- being in the realization of stuff, it matured me in that, in that space in terms of how smart I am or getting smarter. Like I learned so much more about myself, which allowed me to learn more about others. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, for instance, like an example I've been, I read this book called Anxiety Rx. It was an mm-hmm. excellent book. And when you learn about yourself and your own traumas, you're able to give reservation for other people and their traumas. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. So in being able to give others reservation is, is allows you to be like, um, okay, so I understand. It allows room for understanding. Yeah. When you can understand someone that's hurting you, offending you, you can protect yourself in that way because you can be calm like, oh, they did that because of that. I know it's right. not personal. Right, right. That right there in itself is a big deal because within that that concept alone, is that that's packaged with forgiveness. That's packaged with um, freedom. It's packaged with so many different things that you can apply to uh, to people, you know. And if I can do that, then that if I can do that all the time as much as possible, that makes me a really good talk show host mm-hmm. because the amount of guests that you have and the different personalities that you're going to experience, they're all going to be different and they're all going to think different and they're all going to have yeah. different opinions. You have to be able to accept everybody's walk of life. Mm. And a lot of the times we're not able to do that because we're set into what we think. And I know I was one of them. Uh uh-uh, Cause see, it's this, you know, and sometimes what you think and say is right. Yeah. But right for you, not right for them. You see what I'm saying? Even if it's wrong in the world, it's still right for them at that time, you know? So therapy um, allowed me to really mature in my thought process and the way that I um, handle or deal with um, communication and people in situations. Um, The reason why people don't know my mind is because I don't share it with just anyone. It is, um, to me, one of the things that I do protect. I am an introverted extrovert. Um, I, when it is time for me to go out and connect with people, I know how to do it and do it well. I'm an entertainer. That's part of 
That's the that's part of my our characteristic. We mm-hmm. have to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, our gift. And what's so interesting about that is our gift can be absolutely, totally different from our personality. Absolutely. Which is super fun because it allows you to be able to release and go back yeah. and feel yourself up however you need to in a peaceful state. Yeah. So I'm an introverted extrovert. My home, people that truly know me, first of all, I only hang around the same two, three people. Okay. That's first. I, I, I am, I am introverted. I don't like new people. Okay. No new friends. Nigga. I'm on my drink. Okay. Um, I don't like new people cause I don't want to have to, um, Kirk, uh, curtail or, or curate my conversation, which you have to do in communicating with other people because you have to take into account of, again, how they feel. So sometimes I don't want to do that. That's fair. Sometimes I want that freedom and being an entertainer, you don't always have that freedom because God gave you that gift for them. Mm -hmm. That gift is not for you. You are just the holder of it. You are the gatekeeper of it, Mm -hmm. but he gave it to you for service. Mm -hmm. It's to serve. Okay. But when you're done serving, I, I, I retract. So I am an introvert. That is why people don't get to see the conversations. They don't get the conversations you get. We call it uh, a deep talk. You don't get the deep talk. Okay. Because first of all, some people is in the first place. Okay. Cause we be around this motherfucker on some, a uh, one fish, two fish, yellow fish, blue fish, knickknack, patty whack, give a dog a bone. And then Sharia be like, right. Cause see, only we know. So, I can't give that to everybody because that's, you know, we joking about it, but that's special. And I would prefer to have conversations with people that are on those levels. I'm surrounded by brilliant women all the time. So if you, and just brilliant people, my kids are smart as hell. It's just everybody's smart. My mama's crazy, but she's sharp. That sucker sharp. That sucker No, she's one of my favorite people. Brenda Thompson is sharp. It's actually incredible. You're not getting anything past her. She's extremely sharp. Um, so, and, and my sisters have doctorate degrees. Like I'm surrounded by really elevated people. So as the youngest of, of all these siblings, I've had to elevate, step my game up anyway. You know what I'm saying? But, um, I don't give those, I, people don't know that Sheree because I don't, Offer it to everyone. However, it is time Mm. to, um, okay. It is time to be able, it is time to allow myself to share some of more of myself. The fears that I have been locked into for many years, you can compare them to fuck levels. They have started to decline. decline. Uh, It's almost like collagen. In your face. Uh, as you get older, you know, you lose it. Okay, then? And then you can you line them up with fucks. Um, so the, the, the levels of fucks and, and, and fears. Okay, then? They're neck and neck. So, there is, so as the fucks are going, the fears are going with them. Okay? Which is a great thing. And as I get older, I understand that, you know, as an older woman, not an older woman, but I'm 47. It's our job 
as you get older to be able to pour into next, the next generation. Also, if God made me to help heal women, there's more than one way to heal women. Music is one, mm-hmm. but communication is another. And, and I'll say this for black women, just in general, because I'm a black woman and I'm constantly surrounded by black women, inundated. My, my fa- I speak black woman, <laughs> black women are my brand. Okay. Um, because of uh, because I know us so well, um, I know that we need communication. Mm-hmm. We need communication because we need to be able to communicate back. No one's listening to us. And I don't care what anybody says. They're judging us from afar. And so a lot of times we retract, you know, and I believe that it's time for that to stop. So with platforms like Crowned, yeah. um, I think it is now time to be extremely, I mean, even more transparent than I've ever been. And I, I'm transparent. Yeah. You know, if transparent was a person, it would be me. But on Crowned, I think it's really time to start having these hard conversations, mm-hmm. you know, in regards to, to women, you know, yeah. and, and black women it will be because all of the women are hosts. Uh, all the hosts are, are black women. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're a black woman. Whew. Listen, I have a you time. are hosts. You are and you're and you're communicating with people all yes, the time. Yes. Let me ask you this. As an as a, an interviewer, <laughs> but also a personality, you know, it's 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 interesting because you're both. Um and it's and it's hard because you have to infuse your personality with your expertise and it has to be in such a way where it flows. You know, I've I've perfected it over time. But for you, and being one of the women who are not as transparent. <laughs> Why are you um, trying to expose me on, it's real on my show? Just keep it one I've been doing better. Go ahead. Because Go ahead. you are not one <sighs> of the transparent C's of our time. Look at Alicia looking over like, okay. Salicia uh- <laughs> so, Thompson's about to get kicked out. Excuse me, Dr. Salicia Thompson is about to get kicked out. How, <laughs> how are you able, as a black woman who is silenced, mm-hmm, People will say we're not, but we are. We're silenced. I'm silenced because right now. We're silenced. Absolutely. Be- we're silenced because yeah. we're talking loud in a room that's soundproof. Absolutely. Okay. Um, how are you able to, or do you find it difficult, difficult being transparent while you're exercising your expertise? Because I would assume that there is a level. Well, I don't assume it because I'm an inter- I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a talk show host. Mm-hmm. There's a level of transparency that has to take place yes. in the in the midst of you being an interviewer. Yes. And having to maintain your personality. Yes. How are you able to juggle that and how have you have you found it hard? It's been challenging, but I feel like I've gotten better in that. Okay. In um, what way? How, what were your what were the things, your techniques that you were like or, or the moments, your aha moments you're like, "Okay. Okay, now see because <laughs> had that been two <laughs> two months ago, Sis, I would have cussed his ass out. <laughs> so, you said it earlier. For me, it was therapy too. You know, okay. You know, you talk about from the tail end of 2021, you know, through now. Mm-hmm. But really, I feel like I turned a corner at the tail end of 2022, where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm a more evolved, grown up. Correct. My EQ is higher. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with hearing things about myself that maybe my mistakes mm-hmm. or that showcase the lack, the, the fact that I'm not a perfect person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think my care levels have depleted to some degree. About them care now, levels have you they are them. still higher than yours. 
But they were a lot higher at 35 than they are now at 37. Well, that's just age. And I, got I 10 think years old. there's an excitement around being able to share because mm-hmm. it does bring about a different level of conversation, mm-hmm. responses from people. And I'm, I'm learning like it's, it's, it's okay. Like it's not unsafe to share. Correct. It's, it's a risk. It's freedom. It's, you know, it's might feel, you might feel uneasy, but it's but not why unsafe. Why is it a risk? I think for me, just because I have to constantly fight performancism and being a perfectionist. Ah, so but, but why that, is it a risk? It's a task. That's a task. Because the, risk, what's is the a, risk is being exposed. But I'm learning. Expose yourself and say your stuff. What happens if you no, expose? Really nothing. Come on, somebody. <laughs> now you have. Ain't nobody going to whoop your no. ass. And now when I learn, wasn't nobody going to whoop my ass. And it's like, whatever. Now, you, we, we do live in a world where cancel culture is a real thing. But I've come to find and really passionately feel that there are just some things that I ha- I'm going to have to say. Mm-hmm. Like you said, when especially when it comes to black women. Because there's not... Because we're so, we can be collectively scary or apprehensive about misunderstood. saying what time it is because yeah. we're perceived as angry or oh, because yeah. when we, when we're working a job and we say what time it is, we get let go. Correct. Versus when a male, black, white, otherwise takes a stand, he gets promoted. Correct. Or nothing happens to him. Mm-hmm. So it's that constant fear of rebuke. But at this point, it's too much on the line. To not say anything. So let's just be clear for the people in the back. Um, that's still in style. Okay. <laughs> Men still get to say what the hell they want yes, and get away it with is, it. While it women don't. Yes, yes, that's still yes. happening. That's still in style. Yeah. So everybody stop acting like we just out here. No. And silence is still in style too. And it looks different. Still in style. It's not like be quiet. But it's when you're in, when they're in positions of leadership, when they're in positions of leadership, (laughs) there's a way in which they're able to subdue your success or diminish the abilities that they know you have Mm -hmm. because there may be intimidation there. There's a sense of control that they want to maintain. Mind you, I'm not speaking about every single man, but let's be honest. We're in the entertainment industry. I can go down the horn of men in particular. I got a whole song called Monsters in the Club. Of men that we're about to talk about. Of men that have made me feel lower than this carpet. Up under the LED lights. So, <laughs> so that's, Sickle. that's the reality. And just like me, there's other women that feel the same way, that don't feel safe enough to say these things without feeling like they're going to lose something. Do you feel that that is what contributes to you being a single woman for so long? Mm-hmm. Expound on that. I want to answer that correctly. Um, when you say you have been exposed mm-hmm. to men that have made you feel up under the mm-hmm. LED lights, <laughs> do you feel that that, that because that has happened to you, mm-hmm. that it has caused a fear or an apprehension in ter- in regards to men in general um, and just dating them? Because in, when it's one thing to be a man's friend, you got a zillion man friends. <laughs> But when you're dating someone, yes. there's a vulnerability Absolutely. that's there yes. that is at risk. Yes. You yeah. feel me? So um, do you think that that is the, contributes to why you are single? That's right. Where it contributes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think in the past more so than ever. I think now that because I understand where I am, mm-hmm. I can 
self-correct and be more self-aware. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I can sit here and say, and I had a great upbringing, but mm-hmm. there were men in my life. I had great mentors and coaches and my dad's great and all that, but there was still a level of emotional abandonment that I experienced mm. from my childhood, really all the way until now. Wow. From men in particular, because when you're the player <laughs> and they're the coach, that's the, that's the relationship. There's not, there's not a lot of nurturing that's happening. Mm-hmm. It's more get out there, do what you need to do, play, play the game, play well. We'll go to practice. We'll do X's and O's and all that. But there wasn't a lot of, are you okay? How are you feeling? Girl. Is this, is this, is this too much? Not, so this too much for you? No. Are, is this too much for you? Like, let's really talk about what are your From needs? a man. From a man. I still haven't got, even in dating. And when you're successful, whatever that's supposed to mean, you're, it's perceived that, oh, she got this. She don't need, she doesn't need this and type that's, of support. That's the disconnect mm-hmm. because shout, black men, while y'all get through coming up, down to women trying to toughen us up and you trying to toughen. And I I realize there are a lot of women. I don't need no man. I'm an independent woman. I I Mm -hmm. realize that. But those are the main ones um, that actually need your, your kind heart. Yeah. Yeah. We actually need our men to be kind. We need men, strong men. And when you say strong, meaning strong, I mean, strong mentally. Yes. Strong men that can pierce through the exterior. Mm -hmm. Um, that you have created because it's not the exterior that we actually have. Right. We're not walking around here. Like, I don't want no men. I don't need, no, no we do all. want you. We need you. We mm-hmm. want you, but we want you. We, yeah. Taking care of us is great, but we actually need you to take care of our hearts. Yep. Yep. It, you know, we can put roof. We can, we can, we got a couple dollars. We actually just need, <laughs> you know, we got a couple of hours. We yeah. can put them together and turn up. Yeah. But what you're not providing is not, it's not about the roof over our heads. It's about the roof over our heart. Yeah. It's the covering that you all are not providing. Mm. Um, that's, that's the reason why we're single because we get involved and then there's this tug of war because you all also too need that, you know, men, mm-hmm. black men need that covering as well, Absolutely. but they're, they're not as, they're not as, they're not as vulnerable, vulnerable as we are. Obviously they're men. They've been mm-hmm. taught to be stern and yeah. exterior, yeah. but they also need that love and affection Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And I think that once we start to have the conversations, yes, yes. Um, then maybe that will help bridge the gap, mm-hmm. you know, but in, in the industry, it's almost like racism. It's like privilege. You know how white people have white privilege. Men have man privilege. They do. They do. <laughs> it's like they, do. they can get away with shit. You know, you ever seen the movie The Toy with yes, Richard Pryor? That's, so that's men. We're Richard Pryor and they're the little white boy. <laughs> and the company is the father. Correct. Not correct to yourself. Yes, correct to me. Because I don't have an audience. But at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, I, I do feel like it is time for um, a, a, a more vulnerable perspective from women. Absolutely. I don't I don't want to come into I'm not coming into crown and neither are my hosts because we have already talked about this. Our producers don't want it. James doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not coming into this this predicament with hot topics. We ain't coming in to see what the Kardashians did. We we're not coming in to talk about other people 
in their business. We're yeah. not reporting yeah. live from other people's <laughs> business. Now, we may take a situation and pull from right, it right, to be able right. to bring clarity to uh, a topic. Yeah. Um, but this this whole show and, and network is about healing our culture, yeah. healing, informing, you know, entertaining as well. Yeah. But inspiring our culture because we need it, motivating, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about monsters in the closet since we are okay. Kinda- Tap dance don't trauma a little bit. Let me tell you triggers and, and such. Correct. Um, first of all, just a phenomenal, phenomenal, gut wrenching, transparent, light but dark. It's very real record. Yeah. Um it sits with me differently now than it did when I first heard it, which is interesting. Mm. And I don't know if it's just because we did some visuals and, you know, the song just has come to life for me in a different way. Interesting. Um, and I also think it's cool that anybody can relate to it. We all have traumas. Everybody's got something. How did it come to light from, for you mm. from the first time you heard it to now? First of all, I had to... Interesting, when I listened to it at first... Obviously, I know that this is, this song was coming from your heart, right? But I think there was still a separation in my mind of Selena, Selena's condition, Selena's pathology, Selena's life to with this song. And I just think when I started putting the visuals together, I really started to sit with the, this these young girls. <laughs> you guys have to check out the video. We it's AI. It's really dope. It's like young Selena, different pictures of her singing. Her song was great, but it became even more personal to me. So I started to feel for not just, oh, my friend Selena, whatever, the little girl. And I didn't mm, I didn't attach myself to her in the beginning. So to think that this little girl was still very much in the crosshairs of these levels of trauma as a child. Correct. All the way through now that now at 47 you're unpacking it even even now and maybe to a degree you're the rest of your life. So for me, it feels heavier, um, but it's also encouraging because it's like, Selena, you've been through a lot of stuff. That is true. You've been through a lot personally, professionally, all of that. So for you to sit here looking seemingly unscathed is a miracle in itself. So all of that plus it's like it's not fair. You know, you didn't ask for your innocence to be taken in certain ways, but you just, that was the hand that you were dealt. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why for me, it's just a lot more personal. I feel it differently when I hear it. It takes me to a a way different place. It's not just a song anymore for me. You know, what's interesting too, just listening to you describe your, um, you know, your, your thought process through it. I just realized if you're a little girl and you say, if you see a little girl say, um, uh, and I keep telling myself there's no monsters in the closet. Mm-hmm. If you have a, if a little girl, if I say, girl, I'm scared of these monsters in the closet at 47, you're going to laugh. Yes. You're not going to think anything of it. And she ain't scared of no monsters in the closet. But to put a visual of a child and I keep telling myself there's no monsters in the closet. Think a label. It's frightening. And I'm not, I it's don't want to. It's terrifying. Or Trey. Like, or this Trey. is my niece and nephew she's talking about. Trey. Yeah, no. He's a baby. He's a baby. So Dallas, me, when I was a little kid, 
you as a little kid, remember how scared you were when that damn closet was cracked? And mm-hmm. I don't give a damn if the light was mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, it just being cracked was just nuts. Yeah. There was a fear there. And I believe that when you put the child in that, that voice, mm. you know, as, as the, as the, keep telling myself there's no monsters in the closet. Every older person, every mom, every mm-hmm. father, every aunt, every godmother, every whoever has, you know, experience or every person that's, um, has not been able to connect with their inner child. Yeah can remember mm-hmm. and understand what that theory is for a child. Yeah. It does. It disconnects it from, it di- disconnects the song from, from being from, from a grown up. Yeah. And an adult should have, an adult would not be scared. Reassured you too. They're not there. Correct. But when the adults are the monsters or when they cultivate monsters based on their own the trauma. Adults that should have there's no there's no protection were there. The so monsters. now you're trying to tell yourself <laughs> as a child correct what an adult should be reassuring you of again stripping the innocence away correct it's it's terrifying but as human beings we adapt it's almost like if there was a child on an abandoned island and you found them when they were they, they, they were born there. They were left there and they survived. And yeah. You brought them out the wild, you brought them out the wild, like Tarzan. You brought, you bring them out the wild and then they've survived all this time. They've adapted, but that doesn't mean they didn't adapt without marks. Yeah. Without, yeah. if yeah. you think of Tarzan the movie, the one that was like just recent, you know, like in 2000, 20 something, 20 something, something, right? 2015 or something like that. Um, it told the story how, he was left in the wild. He was raised by apes, right? Mm-hmm. And it showed him as an adult. And he was like rich, you know, he, his father, you know, he's able to find his father and all that stuff. And he was able to inherit all of his yeah, wealth and all yeah. that. But his hands were like this. His hands were like this of an ape. And when you took his clothes off, you saw the scars all mm-hmm. over his body and the mindset and everything. When he went back into the wild, you could see all of the remnants. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so... It's, it's, it's the same situation in terms of human beings, you know, as children, we're put in circumstances all the time that we have to survive through, but we have to remember that there are remnants. That's when your trauma connects with your truth. When you become older, when the trauma connects with the truth, all hell breaks loose. I really need to write a book like that because mm-hmm. when you start to, to, to say, Hey, wait a day, a minute. I actually didn't, or, or like, oh, wow, my parents actually were on drugs, you know, <laughs> or, wait a minute, uh, mm-hmm. alcoholism ran in my family or, or whatever, you know yeah. what I'm saying? My mom and my mom was not on drugs. Let me just say that now. Cause I'll get it, honey. I get it. When I tell you, maybe I get it. My mother was not on drugs. <laughs> lest everybody <laughs> understand that is not the truth here on today. Um, but my father uh, did snort cocaine. He did. And he did it in front of my face when I was very little as one of those little girls in those pictures, you saw monsters in the closet. And he told me it was medicine. But when I got older, I saw this movie called less than zero, right? Mm -hmm. One of my favorite movies, Robert Downey Jr. And, um, I saw the ladies in the movie, they had like a little spoon and they would snort. And I would be like, and I said to my, my trauma connected with my truth. And I said, my father snorted cocaine in front of my very own eyes and told me it was medicine. Those little vibes were in our basement behind the bar. 
just like reefer clips and all kind of little weird pipes and you know. So I don't know. As an adult, I'm still processing that. Mm. What am I supposed to say or what am I supposed to think? Oh, that ain't nothing. My father was just on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next, you know, like what, what, do you, what do you do when you find that out? Yeah. You know, and then you start going back into your own monsters, you know, your own closet. And then you start to realize all of these different monsters in there. And, you know, this song and monsters is not, it's not monsters. Isn't people. It is not synonymous to people. Monsters is synonymous to trauma. Mm -hmm. I keep telling myself there's no monsters in the closet, but my trauma keeps triggering my anxiety. Those, those monsters keep triggering. You keep telling me they're not there. I keep trying to tell myself they're not there. That's what we do. Yeah. You know, we keep telling ourselves they're not there, but they are. They keep triggering this anxiety. When we're kids, what do we do when we have trauma? I mean, what do we do when we think there's monsters in the closet? We don't get up and go open the closet and we say, come on out from around now. We don't do that. We take the cover. And, yes, we- yes. <laughs> and so I think as adults, we're taking the cover hmm. and acting like the shit ain't there. But you can't do that as an adult because it's affecting everyone else around you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then eventually you implode. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's just a recanting of what I I realized in therapy. I was having a conversation with love and I was talking about the music business and I was just going on and on and ranting about, and I, you know, I, cause I started to have these moments on stage where I couldn't go out there or I would be in tears before I go out there. I hated it. It was track shows mainly. Just, I just hated it. And I don't know why. Um, well, I do know why, uh, those shows made me feel less than they made hmm. me feel, um, they, they, they cut off my creativity, They cut off my knee. I, I just kept feeling like, and I, and then sometimes it would be the band shows and I just, I just would freeze up. It was just weird scariness. Um, and so I was talking to love about this cause I was trying to find out what this is. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. And she goes, Selena, there are no monsters in your closet because what I was really describing to her was fear. Mm. Un pure unadulterated fear from multiple instances, multiple situations and eras of my life that were never metabolized by the people that love me or were supposed to be looking out for me. We're not supposed to metabolize these things when we're children. We're supposed to be protected as children mm-hmm. so that when we become adults, we can do it on our own. Mm-hmm. We can make, we can know, we can have the tools to do it for ourselves. But imagine being a child and not ever having anything metabolized. Imagine being someone that is molested. And then you're supposed to go out into the world and understand relationship mm-hmm. or how to be in love with a man or a woman, vice versa. You know, so monsters in the closet is trauma. It's fears. Keep telling myself there's those monsters in the closet, but my trauma keeps on triggering the anxiety, which won't let me mm-hmm. put it to bed. And so that's why I say I can't sit here and be quiet about how shit really be. We're not doing that anymore. We're not pulling our cover over the, the cover of our head. There's a story up. We tell it. We shaming the devil. We sh- let me tell you something. We telling all we reporting live from Satan's den. 
<laughs> we telling all of the truths, the truths that we can. We're telling yeah. our truth, our story. Um, and I feel like, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but I do know that so many of my close friends, every single time in the industry, we talk about the industry. We are talking about the same thing all the time. Mm. We share stories about the same shit and traumas and, and ridiculousness that goes on all the time. But because we live a, what appears to be a cush life, mm -hmm. we're supposed to accept it and take it. Meanwhile, we're imploding. People are dying in the industry. Artists are dying. They're not living. They're not, they're, they're going crazy and they're dying. And that's not going to be me. That's not going to be me. Y'all going to get these stories. <laughs> Either love going to get them or y'all. Okay. <laughs> you ain't going to kill me. Okay. Then I got things to do. Is there one, one monster that you're very proud of yourself for slaying <sighs> or working That's a towards good slaying. question. There are different levels of fears. Just recently, the monster of body image. Mm. Um, just recently, I gave myself freedom to look however. Now, it could be mature, maturation. It could be just, bitch, I'm getting old. I don't give a <laughs> fuck no more. It could just very well be that. <laughs> But I know 70 year olds is like, I don't like my hair. I don't like this. <laughs> Baby, you going to get whatever I got. Now, granted, I'm still going to work out. Mm -hmm. I love health and wellness. But now it's not just about being or looking a certain way. It's about feeling a certain way. Right. You know, as a woman who's going through hormonal imbalances and different things, you want to feel better. That, becomes, yeah. that starts to become a priority. But transparent moment. Here come crown. Here we go again. We're going to be on TV. We got to get, we got to get lean for TV. <laughs> no, we ain't. We ain't finna get lean for no damn body. We're going to go down to this here gym and we're going to work out and feel good. And we're going to, if we, we're going to lose weight. We're going to, we're going to stun on them. Okay. We're going <laughs> to drop a couple, two, three pounds, but we're not racing against the clock anymore. Mm. And however God has me show up on that day is how I'm supposed to be. And that was a freedom that I have never given myself. I've never given myself that. I can do do this now. I want to try to drop 10 so I can feel lean. I can feel good in my clothes. I, my clothes fit. Not my swag. You know, two, we're black women. Bitch, we just want to cross our legs. Okay, let me just keep it all the way live. Okay. Um. You want to be able to cross your legs. You yeah. want to be able to just and, and relax and not feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You don't want to be feeling like you tugging and pushing and, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So for me, that freedom of, you know, um, letting go of you have to look a certain way. You have mm -hmm. to be a certain way. You have to show up here. Nah, yeah. I'm going there for my mind. Mm. I'm going there to give them my mind. And my mind... Don't need to lose weight, okay? My mind don't need to be skinny for TV, okay? Then you gonna get this here brain. This brain gonna we coming in hot with this brain and this mouth. I don't need to lose weight down to this chocolate neither. It's gonna it's gonna be able to communicate everything. This brain got got to give. That ain't got nothing to do with your outfit or you know. I'm I ain't doing that no more either.
Y'all going to get these gym shoes sometimes. <laughs> Y'all going to get these Air Force Ones. You, or are you going to get these Jordans? I don't know what to tell you. You're going to get these jeans maybe even. I mean, it's a nighttime talk show. We supposed to dress up. Get, I got it. I'm a girly girl. I'm going to give you a couple, two, three. I just bought me some Jeffrey Campbells today. They shot. They were shot. They shot. But there will, that's Selena. That's my, I'm not, yeah. I'm not dressing up to be looking like somebody else. That's something I would, if I ain't had no crown show, I'll buy them shoes and wear them down to the, to the dinner. I would just make up a place for us to go and go. <laughs> okay then. Um, but you're going to get all elements of me. Yeah. I'm not boxing myself anymore. That's one of the biggest, that was a big one, Cherie. That was a big one because that, that really, if, if you're a woman in entertainment, all you do is worry about your makeup, your hair, mm -hmm. your this, your that, you know, all day long because people are judging you all day, but you got, that's when them fuck levels and the mm -hmm. fears, you, you got to not care. Mm -hmm. And I know it's easier said than done, but the minute you're able to do that, yes. the amount of freedom, you can just go. And half the stuff that we hold ourselves accountable for, honey, we're doing it by ourselves. We're just Nobody in the room cares. going in. No one cares. No one's paying us any attention. <laughs> no one cares. You, it's like when you go to the beach and you got on a two-piece and you like... Feeling a whole way. Ain't no nobody looking at you as somebody no 400 pounds guess what over they here. Doing. They got on the They worried about their own stuff. Let me tell you something. We're so selfish <laughs> that we don't see other people. And we so focused on our whole self. We think, everybody, self, looking we think everybody looking at us. Everybody. So everybody's like that. Correct. It's actually nuts. It's, it's, it's the most oxymoronic way to live. Absolutely. But we're all, if we're not self-aware, functioning in that same way. And Satan did that. Down to the Garden I'm of Eden. He be him. Let me tell you something. He fucks up everything. I think he's behind student loans as well. <laughs> and health care. I know he's behind health care. I had a conversation today, but we can table that. <laughs> and he's behind the IRS. I know he run the IRS. <laughs> what he sometimes runs is the comment section. Oh, Down baby, he is the comment media. section. <laughs> so we were. He's in the comment. And section. there have been times when you, you and Salisha have told, have had to get me to not respond to certain yeah, things. I, I don't. See. What, what um, you're not gonna. And I'm usually pretty me. chill, but some things I. But I'm doing better. But yesterday we were, I was sitting in the kitchen and you were watching a video of a performance you did um, when you sang Be Grateful at your New York show, which was just mind blowing. Um, and I was sitting there listening to you read some of the comments from people that were watching. Mm -hmm. And most of them were obviously pretty much 99.9 .9 of them were, oh my God, so this positive, is amazing. So All these things. One of the other things that is, is a redundant story or a redundant comment is, I didn't know she is saying like this or she's so underrated about. So taking in all that you've talked about with all the self-work you've done and the level of freedom you're moving with personally, creatively, how do you ingest or metabolize comments now in ways that maybe you didn't prior to even therapy during the pandemic? It's the um, allowance of, you know, uh, letting people let them letting people just be and understanding that, oh, they crazy too. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's just, me. that's all I got. You know, you just look down to the comment and you say, golly, my God, this person's really struggling. And you really kind of chuckle and just keep scrolling. Um, but what I found interesting about myself in that moment, was 
I, I read all of the positive comments and they made me sad because sometimes I just feel like I'm not reaching enough. And if I can make this many people feel like this, imagine if I can make everybody feel like this. Mm. And I'm not talking about, uh, because what I do is not just for, like, again, I tell you, it's about service. Right, right. To make people feel good is a great thing. When you have people, the listen, the Michael Jacksons, the Beyonce's, the Janet Jackson's, you know, uh, the Denzel Washington's, um, the Will Smith's, the uh, all of these great entertainers, the biggest gift is to hear how it changed someone's life mm-hmm. or the trajectory of, mm-hmm. of their movement. Yeah. You know, um, people probably walk up to Beyonce like, girl, they probably ain't walking up to her because she's somewhere down to the house, <laughs> introverted like me. She's a, a Virgo. We don't like nobody. But if if they if they ever to, were to come into contact with her, I bet you could just tell by the way she is, like her spirit is very peaceful. Yeah, yeah. you could tell that she really just wants to make people smile and be happy mm-hmm. and be happy doing it. You yeah. know, and I just feel like you know, sometimes I get sad because I want to get out there, and yes. You you want to you want to perform for a whole bunch of people. You want to you want to give love and receive love. You want all that cool, cool shit, you know. But more than anything, you want to know that you were able to change the tone of someone's life, of of this room. Um, you know, I could be in a I can be in a venue and the people come in. Maybe it's raining, you know. That's <laughs> annoyance, or maybe it was traffic. Mm-hmm. And to be able to shift them from. Yeah. Looking at their phones too, <laughs> and I know that's actually, that's that's fun. That's yeah. a gift, you know what I'm saying. And although I I I got kind of melancholy in a way, like I, mean, I just wish, I wish I could, you know, get this kind of emotion out to more people because people were saying stuff like, "I have tears, mm-hmm. I feel chills when you sing in this song." People, this took me back to every morning in Chicago. I used to listen to Be Grateful on the radio. This took me back. That's big when you could change somebody's emotion and trajectory of their day. You know what I'm saying? That Making that person go back to Be Grateful that they listen to every morning could have reminded them of a dead grandmother mm-hmm. or or the mem- in the memories that that brought or that church. So maybe she was in love with somebody in the church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how far music transcends. That's why it's so dope and so important. But then here goes Selena getting in the way of that beautiful moment. Here go one comment out of 197,000 good ones. Here go one fool. You see, you all don't. You got you're, you're talking about the church and you all are saying that you could shouldn't give but uh this uh, offering nuts and, and the, I didn't even hear him, but I just know that's how they're saying it. And you didn't give the offering and, and you know you should promote that people give offerings because that's my church. We feed the homeless and we girl, this song called Be Grateful. And what I said in the comment, what I said on stage was I was reminis- we were reminiscing about how I said we don't care what you wear at the church now, as long as you got your offering, you know, <laughs> on the joke side. Mm-hmm. But I zoned into that comment. And isn't that what we do? It could be 9,000 people <laughs> in the room like, girl, you're amazing. You're beautiful. You're smoking. You're dizzy. That's the best thing I've ever heard in life. One person. It's okay. Zoop. <sighs> this one person <laughs> said I was going to die. 
It could be nine doctors in the surgery room. You're going to live. You have the best surgery in America. And it's going to be the greatest surgery. One nurse come in. Practitioner. I didn't see that you were going to live. She said I'm going to die. We zone in to the worst negative shit in history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is a monster mm. that I've not yet slayed. But I have whooped his ass in that closet. <laughs> He's still in there. I've beat his ass down and sat him in the corner, which means I've taken the comment and went a fool, swiped it. I haven't, it hasn't ruined my day. Yeah, you know, I've, yeah. I'm to that place where I, you know, it's funny now we laughing, but I know people that those comments take them out of here. Yeah. You know, I have had um, what what be called like the little groups, the the little lesions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Honey, they have come on my page and worn me thin. I'll be like, hell no, this crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be laughing like, hell no. Oh, man, what do I say? You know, <laughs> or sometimes I just be with other people that said some messed up mm-hmm. stuff. And then I just you get, get it. They get me it. just because I, I showed up with them. The Bobs yeah, came down that. there with them horses one time. <laughs> And I didn't know what I didn't know what they were. I was like, guys, I have a bunch of unicorns on my page. What does that mean? Vivica and Claudia was like, they're trying to kill us. Claudia was like, they've made death threats. They're trying to kill me. Vivica was like, I have cursed out at least 30 of them. And I was like, that's what that means. Meanwhile, Lisa Ray is like, who? She ain't even seen it. She don't even know what's going on. And I've noticed it like, oh, so pretty. I have all these unicorns in my comments. I was like, what does unicorns mean, guys? What is that emoji? And it was like, honey, the the gays were like, bitch, you must have said some shit. I was like, what did I do? I love Nicki Minaj. She's one of my favorites. Baby, when R. Kelly went down to jail. Went down to jail. Let me tell you something. I got called every bitch they could ever think of in Italian, in French, Spanish. They was in my DMs. You're a bitch. You're a terrible person. You're nothing. It wouldn't be anything without him. And then I had people that was like, you terrible. You don't support him. Then I had somebody on the other, also people, also in my DMs. You're horrible for supporting him. You're <laughs> terrible for singing those songs. I know you knew what would happen. So I took two of the people. They was on the same page. I could, I added both of them and said, y'all need to discuss this issue because one person thinks I support him. The other does not. You got to get your dragon on the same alignment. The dragon is not on alignment. It's not in alignment. But baby, I, I'll just man of my own business, honey. It would be nobody and then you're a bitch. And you don't support. <laughs> you don't support. So it's bad. You can't win for losing. But I be low-key laughing. It's wrong. These people be sad and they be going through <laughs> stuff and they got monsters in their closets. But what I'm gonna do? I just be thinking. You know, I got the IU. Yeah. I have I have IU. So I'm so explain to people what IU is. Okay, so I have know. a disorder in in real life. No jokes. I have a disorder called intolerable uncertainty disorder. 
And we were just joking in commercial. She thinks this entire interview is going None to of this not is work. work. <laughs> she thinks we won't. She, she thinks we won't have sound. She thinks you maybe the car, maybe these SD, maybe these SD cards in the camera are gonna fail. Nigga, don't say that. She I'm literally like, thinks we're gonna have to do this all over. This interview, we're she's not been sitting. <laughs> And that makes me get up again and say, "Cause now it also it's recording." Other people right now, I'm feeling like, "Oh my God!" Now that, now that you've gotten yourself together, correct? We've established that I am indeed, in fact, crazy. <laughs> Not crazy, but I do, I do have um, anxiety. I do have an anxiety disorder called IU Intolerable Uncertainty Disorder, and it comes from. Uh, it, it is the biggest monster. Mm-hmm. It is a sum of all my trauma. It is the, the, re, the, it is the sum. It is mm-hmm. the, the residual, the biggest regi- residual that I, I, I face and tackle all the time. It's not easy. It's really, really, it's deep too. Like sometimes I, and again, transparent moment, uh, sometimes I think I'm going to die all the time. Um, it's hard to drive. It's hard. It, 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 it can drive you nuts, you know. You scared to go somewhere and eat. Like if, if I'm at a venue and they've provided food, someone's poisoned it. You know, it's very, it's very, um, taxing. It can become very taxing. So you have to have a sense of humor in order to metabolize it most of the time. Well, thank you for sharing I mean, with, you know, with them. You know, somebody else out there. I knew, I knew is having stuff, a time but, and just can't mm-hmm. put a finger what yeah, it's called. Yeah. yeah. So, so you probably helped a whole bunch at least seventy five percent of the mothers in mm. the world <laughs> have IU. <laughs> okay. What I don't have IU about, and I hope you don't either, is your new single, "Monsters okay. in the Closet," your yes. new album that's coming, "Legacy." Correct. So, before we cut this thing short, because you got stuff to do this evening, um, what can we expect overall from this album? I know it's connecting you with your dad in a very cool way. And also this single, I want to make sure people can support it now because it's out right like now. You can get it now. Correct. Um, I'm, I'm bringing my father back to life through music. I'm going to communicate with him and create the communication that I wish I had hmm. um, through song and through interview. It will be infused throughout it, it, all of those gifts, all of the gifts that God has given me and you know, most of those gifts come from him, you know, will be displayed on this album. His actual voice will be on the album. I will be sampling him uh, throughout the entire album because that's paying homage to him. Mm-hmm. It's also giving back to our estate, you know, um, and all of our siblings. So I will just be honoring my father and his legacy. And um, that's the most important thing with this album. I believe people will get lifted. I believe people will have a great time. Um, so I'm just excited about the album. I'm still working on it. It's almost done. Um, just honoring my father and my legacy. I love it. So Monsters in the Closet, all digital. 
streaming platforms? Correct. Streaming on all digital platforms. That is correct. And then you have a visual. So we got YouTube for Monsters in the Closet. We got Instagram, Facebook. You guys. Spotify. (laughs) It's everywhere. It's going to bless you real good. So make sure y'all check it out. And uh, it's interesting. I don't know. If if somebody would have said we would have been sitting here doing this a year ago, I wouldn't have believed them. So this was... Well, that's you and your IU. <laughs> My you, IU has nothing. You picking out negative comments not, and zooming Absolutely in. not. <laughs> that is absolutely not the case. But well, I'm God glad does we, what he has to do. Yes, he does. I'm glad we found the time to do this. Yeah, so well, we thank had to, you. We had to break Cherie so that we could come back stronger. Because we were very crazy in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> So we had to go get therapy and come we back. We but in all fairness to, you know, our close friend, a mutual friend of ours, um, may he rest in peace, Kelvin Myers, my makeup artist, one of my favorite people in this whole world. Um, his actual departure um, sparked an arrival. So shout out to Kelvin. We love you. And um, we do. This interview's for you, Kelvin. <laughs> we just click clack for about almost two hours. For at least two hours. <laughs> Kelvin coined the term click clack, which is exactly what we just did Correct. for about 90 minutes or so. <laughs> you guys get no more details into what we just kind of um, ambiguously discussed. But other, but at any rate, super happy we were able to do this. Thank yeah, you for honey, this The batteries time. can't hold. Oh, yeah. Batteries. I literally <laughs> they had to swap the batteries about, about two, three the times because we've talked it. so long. Yeah. But hopefully this felt like you guys being on a three-way phone call because mm-hmm. that's how this goes that's with us how they be every trail. day. That's a so, little piece of them. They'd be a little more, they'd be a little more a fool. We can't but, give you every Yeah, but day. that's the, this is the clean version. So thanks, Delena. All right, Dere. I call her Delena. She calls me Dere, and she's kicking off this new year season, year episode one. So episode yeah. one, season four. Thank you. Come on, episode one. We're kicking off season four. Season four, four congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. How about it would be standing here with you? Congratulations. <laughs> we were so happy. Oh, 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 See, you have to be a millennial or above to understand that song. <laughs> Somebody else, cut this camera. I'm done. I can't cut do this anymore. They don't work anymore. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole is produced, hosted, and edited by none other than yours truly, me, Sheree Nicole. To watch, listen, like, and or subscribe to this episode or previous episodes, you can go to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Have an amazing week. Talk to you soon. Peace. It's just a thought. just a thought. just my opinion. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter.